The heart is the motivator. It decides what we want to do. Uh, Jesus said that our faithfulness is directly connected to the condition of our heart. Matthew chapter 15, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. Now, he was talking to some of the Jews there that had the various dietary regulations that they thought made a person clean or unclean. But what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. We're going to look at the sixth of the Beatitudes today. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they will see God. And so it is our heart that's the wellspring of what comes out of our mouth, or for that matter, what our hands do. So our hearts are very important as far as our spirituality, the way that we live before God. So what does it mean to have a pure heart? What does it mean to be pure? Well, we've all seen the commercials, even though they don't air them very much anymore. But uh, ivory soap is supposed to be 99 and 44, 100% pure. I've often wondered, well, what's that other 56, 100%, you know? (laughs) What's there? If it's uh, inert, I guess it's okay. Uh, Grit of sand, I guess that's okay. If it's arsenic, maybe it's not so good to rub arsenic over our body. Uh, I'm sure it's not poison or else there'd be a lot of people that were, uh, wouldn't have made it as, as long as, as we have. The word used in Matthew chapter 5, uh, uh, verse 8, is catharsis, uh, which is where we get our word catharsis. Uh, you know, getting out that that's troubling you, uh, verbalizing the problems or the sin or uh, having a confession moment. Uh, uh, that's catharsis. Blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those that are pure now because they've got the evil out. They've got what was wrong out of themselves. Being pure means having a heart that's been cleansed of what polluted it before. Being pure is now being uncontaminated, uh, not having foreign substances mixed within our heart. Uh, Your pure heart's been emptied of what corrupted it before. Actually, there are five kinds of purity that we would see in the Scriptures. The first is divine purity. God is holy. God is pure. There's no darkness, no evil in Him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. That's divine purity. Uh, second is created purity. All that God made as He made it was made pure and holy. Pure. Uh, uh, At the end of creation, God looked at everything that he had made, including humankind, and he said it is good, it's clean, it's pure. I didn't stay that way, but that's the way he made it, created purity. 
Uh, third is positional purity. In Christ, you and I are made, recreated. We are made pure. Uh, we've been cleansed of what was sinful in our lives before. Hebrews 10 verse 14, For by a single offering He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Christ makes us pure. Positional purity. If we are in Christ, then we have purity. There's ultimate purity, the fourth one, and that's the way we will be in heaven. There will be no evil, no sin, no corruption in heaven. We will be there before the Lord in His holiness, and all will be pure, all will be holy. Uh, uh, there will be no death there because there will be no sin there. And that's why there will be no death there, because all that is evil will have gone, will, will not have entered there. That is ultimate purity. The filth is practical purity. And I guess that's where we have the problem because now it's not up to God. Now it's not an action of God. Now it's you and me and the way we live. It's what God wants from us. That is living day after day in His presence purity. It's what we strive for. It's what we as children of God need to seek. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15, But as He who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct. You and I need to be righteous. You need to be holy. It's our responsibility. Uh, and I suppose we understand we really need help in achieving this. We need the Spirit in us so that we might be holy, so that we might live holy. This is where you and I have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling to serve God righteously, holy. Uh, this is where you and I need each other to gain strength and courage. You see, there's impurity everywhere we turn. This world now uh, is under a, a dominant influence from Satan. And he seeks to corrupt any and everything. And most everything he has corrupted. Our world is corrupt. <laughs> Even the very air we breathe. Impurity, however, is on the television. And that's not really the air we breathe. It's what goes into our, through our eyes and our ears. And it settles in our heart. It's overheard in conversations, in every action that we see, wherever we go. It has taken residence, unfortunately, in the hearts and the minds of so many of us. So many of the people around us. For some, it's a welcomed visitor. They've opened their arms and they're ready to receive it. For hopefully for all of us, it's a very unwelcomed, even intruder. And we work very hard to keep that door closed so that the evil does not enter. 
part of the problem with impurity is the lure that it has for us. It seems like it's so much fun, and because it seems like it's so good, and it's so appealing, that's why people open the doors to their heart and allow the impurity to come. Uh, it seems like those that are impure, the ones that are getting ahead, they're the ones that are having all the fun, they're the ones that are enjoying life. Not the pure, not the poor in spirit, not those that mourn, not those that show mercy. So we need to ask the question. We need to have an answer fully in mind. Is or does impurity really pay? A lot of people that think impurity pays. The psalmist had that same question. Psalm chapter 74, verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. <laughs> and so the righteous says, I'm envious because they seem to have everything going their way. These that practice evil. Verse 13, all in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. So the psalmist says, I've been wasting my time trying to live righteously before God. And I look here and those that don't care for God, don't follow God, well, everything's going their way. I've just been wasting my time. I've been attempting to live this life pure. And what's it gotten me? Nothing. Or at least he thinks that way. It seems to be that way. They think God is weak and helpless and harmful. He said, I've been fearing God. I've been serving God. I don't have anything to show for it. His reward, instead of being righteousness, is suffering and pain and poverty. But the Scriptures say the pure in heart will see God. And the wicked will eventually be brought to justice. And the psalmist reminds himself of that. Verse 16. But when I thought how to understand this. It seemed to me the wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned therein. Truly, you sent them in slippery places. Set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. Somehow, when the psalmist went into the temple of God, he caught a glimpse of God. He caught a glimpse of hope 
of the righteous. And in the presence of God, he saw great truth. He saw the purpose in his life, and he saw the blessings that he had received from God. And now he can affirm the truth that God is good, and God is always good to his faithful. God blesses those who give him praise and glory and honor. And he goes on, verse 26, My flesh and my heart may fall, fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. When we walk through dark valleys, if we're holding on to the hand of God... That valley will not be nearly so dark. It is good to be near God. To take uh, refuge in His sovereignty. The pure heart is blessed because that heart sees God. And so the psalmist asked the question, Who is it that can go into the presence of God? Who can go up his holy mountain to worship him, to be in his presence? And the answer is, it's the pure of heart. Psalm 24, verse 3, Who shall ascend the house of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift his soul to what is false, does not swear deceitfully. So Jesus, the man came and walked among us sinful humans so that he could help you and me stand in the presence of God. He came to cleanse us from sin so that you and I might be holy, pured, purified, changing our hearts so that now we can stand in the presence of God. I need clean hands. I need a pure heart. So I can stand on the holy mount of God and give praise to His name. I would suggest that we, purified by the blood of Christ, together, standing together in this which is made holy because God's presence is here, we now can give Him praise and honor because we have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. But ugly and bitter thoughts, they come to mind. They come to each one of us all the time. It is always a battle. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and especially, uh, or desperately sick. Who can understand it? You know, we make the decision, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to be His disciple. I'll, I'll keep my focus directly on Him. And then just a few minutes later, we are in the, in the midst of evil. It has overwhelmed us again. It won't... 
the heart wants what sometimes we don't really even understand. You know, why do I still want that? Why did I say that? I, I knew I shouldn't have said that. Why did I do it? I didn't, I, I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have done that, but we did it. The heart is the wellspring of life. Proverbs 4, verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. The things we say, the things our hands do, the places our feet go, it's from the heart. So you and I need to guard our hearts. That's where we need to spend most all of our attention. Where, what's my heart? If we allow deceit to well up there, then deceit will come from us. If we allow the evil to reside there, then evil will come from there. Sin, that is impurity, uncleanliness, it begins from within us. That was the discussion that Jesus was always having with the Pharisees. You see, they had thought that as long as their outward things did okay, that they were okay. There was still evil coming out of their lives. Their minds uh, said, as they looked at the disciples of Jesus, or the Pharisees said, as they looked at the disciples of Jesus, well, they're not keeping those traditions of ours, and so they're not holy. You say, well, those are mere traditions. That doesn't really have anything to do with your heart. Matthew 15, we find one of the conversations Jesus was having with those uh, Pharisees. Verse 10, he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended by what... Uh, when they heard this saying? And he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides, and if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, You are also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles the person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. To eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. I want to be, if I want to stay clean before God, I need to keep my heart clean. I must not allow my heart to be corrupted by the things of this world. Because my heart is the essence of who I am. And from my heart will be all of the things that I do and the things that I say. 
our actions tell us what our heart is. Sometimes we hear a person say that, well, I can do all of these things, uh, but my heart is pure. No, that's not true. That's the deceptive part of the heart telling us a lie. Our actions come from our heart. If we tell a lie, it started in our heart. If we cause hurt to some other person, it started in our heart. My actions start with the thoughts of my heart. The other side of that is also true. If I reach out in love, that started in my heart also. If I say a kind word to you, that started in my heart also. If I seek to do good in the community, that started in my heart also. If I feed the hungry, if I give shelter to the homeless, if I give clothes to the naked, that started in my heart also. We must have a pure heart. And when our heart is pure, then what's outside of our heart will be pure as well. So do we have pure hearts? Well, we start off that way positionally because Jesus makes our heart pure. Uh, we are made pure because of our relationship, our position in Christ. Paul could speak of having a clear, innocent conscience. And sometimes, well, how could he do that? You remember all of the things he did against the Lord and against the church? How could he have a clean conscience? Well, because it had been made clean, pure, in Christ. He'd been forgiven in Christ. He had been given purity in Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We are made to be clean before Christ. All of us can stand free, clean before God because we are in Christ. Peter talked about the same thing as being clean in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ also suffered once for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in spirit, in which He went and proclaimed the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this now, saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for good conscience through the resurrection of Christ, uh, Jesus Christ. We have a God-given, clean conscience, our pure heart in Christ. We can know that our impurities have been washed away when we were buried with Christ in baptism. We're not just 99 and 100% clean in Christ. We are 100% clean. 
So to answer the psalmist's question, who can ascend the holy mountain to worship God? We can. <laughs> we can. Because we've been made pure in Christ. Now we need to maintain a purity. We need to serve the Lord. We need to seek to live before Him in righteousness. That's practical purity. We need to keep ourselves pure. God expects us to live in His service. God expects us to understand morality that is given to us and live that way. Uh, when Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome, they, they understood, well, I'm, I, I've been purity in Christ uh, by the grace of God. Let, let me just sin more so I can get more grace. Paul said, no, no, you've misunderstood. Even though you've been made clean, pure in Christ, now God wants you to live that way. He wants us to live that way. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? We, uh, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? I need to live as free from sin as I can. Of course, that's hard to do. To do that, I got to keep my focus. I got to work on my heart. I got to keep my focus on who God is. If I'm always looking at the world, if I'm always looking at sinful things, well, that's going to be what molds my heart. I need to keep my focus on spiritual things, on godly things. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If then you have been raised with Christ, okay, that's us, we've been raised with Christ, Buried with Him. Seek the things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You died to the world. You died to sin. Now keep looking to Jesus. Keep your mind set on things that are above. So where do we spend our time thinking? What do we put in our minds? What's the type of books we read, the movies we watch, the conversations that we have, the jokes we tell and listen to? We need to keep our minds on things above. When Paul wrote to the Philippians chapter 4, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. That's how we keep our heart pure. We look to Jesus. And we keep these things in our heart. Or Paul writes to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, 
And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We've been changed by Jesus. We've been given the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God strengthen you. Let the Spirit that's given to each one of us encourage you. Hear the Spirit's calling. Hear the Spirit's urging. When He tells you, don't do that, then listen to the Spirit's warning. If we allow the Spirit to work within us, He will change us from the inside out. We're going to have hearts that are pure, made positionally pure by the blood of Christ, and we then, with the Spirit's help, keep that heart pure. Of course, He is faithful always to forgive when we come to Him, recognizing the sin that's in our life, and He forgives again and again. Blessed indeed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And so I suppose if there's a question that each one of us needs to ask ourselves this morning, it's, will you see God? And the answer to that question really is, well, where's your heart? If your heart's not pure, then the answer to that is no. If your heart is pure, then the answer to that is, well, yes. You'll see God. But if your heart stays in, in the grips of evil, then, then the answer is going to be no. I don't say that with malice. In fact, I say it with tears. Let His mercy, let His grace change who you are. Be saved by the blood of the Lamb. Have that purity so that you can see God. If we're in a covenant relationship with Him, that is, if we've, if we've been buried with Him in baptism for the remission of our sins, made that proclamation of faith that, yes, I believe He is the Christ, made that decision, I'm going to live for Him, and then buried with Him in baptism for the remission of our sins, that means we are in a covenant relationship with Him. His blood has changed us, cleansed us, washed us free from sin. And we can say, yes, I'm pure. I've been made pure by the blood of the Lamb. I will see God. There's some way we can help you today. There's some way that we can bring you to a relationship with Christ so that you are now pure, made clean, having all sin, all evil washed out of your heart. Let's be standing Hunter will lead us in another song of praise in just a few moments. And while we're singing, if we can help you make that decision to be a Christian, to be purified by the blood of the Lamb, let us know. Come down here and visit with me. We'll, uh, you can be buried in Christ this morning for the remission of your sins. Or maybe you've done that. You gain that pro- positional 
purity, but you're having trouble with the practical aspect of it, we'll pray with you. Pray, one, that you be forgiven. Pray, two, that you be strengthened. That the Spirit be strong in your life that you might live before Him in righteousness. Think about that. Let's be praising God in song.